We will never get knowledge until we do what he tells us to do. You can't run a marathon until you learn to crawl. After you learn to crawl, you begin to walk. After you begin to walk, you begin to run. That's exactly how it works. God tells us to do this. If we do it, he'll take us another step. And every step we take, he then brings us more divine knowledge. And we begin to know more of the mind of God instead of the spirit of the world. We do it after. Everybody shout after. After we do it, then we begin to get understanding and knowledge and wisdom. That's why the Bible says with all you're getting, get wisdom and get knowledge. Jews understand that wisdom, that knowledge won't come until I do what he tells me to do. Then I'll see the revelation. And then the next thing I'll do, I'll see more revelation. And we will become in this end time a people of miracles. It's not time for the church to back up. It's time for the church to speed up so we can be that people who will see the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the coming of the Messiah. But if you'll be a people who say, God, I trust you. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. The rabbis teach, the Talmud teaches that God releases rewards from heaven. If we do whatever he tells us to do, We begin to get the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Don't forget that. One of the rewards that he gives, not to everybody, but those who will do whatever he tells them to do, is the reward of the firstborn. What is the difference between firstborn? What you've got to realize is firstborn, the father loves all the children. But those who are firstborn gets double blessing. Now, this is, this is fact. If you'll be, now you're going to get blessed just because you're born again. But if you'll become a firstborn, you'll get double blessing. Jesus is the firstborn of many. Jesus is not the only begotten son of God. Before he died on the cross, he was the only begotten son of God. But after that, he became the firstborn of many. Now, we got to understand, not everybody, you got to read the Bible with a Jewish eye, not a Gentile eye. Everybody say firstborn. firstborn. Not everybody that receives Jesus as Lord and Savior is firstborn. But everybody who follows this understanding, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. You will become firstborn and you will become the miracle people that will receive. Every one of us is going to get blessed. But if I have a choice between getting blessed and getting double blessed, I'm going for double blessed. If you're a double blessed person, give the Lord a clap offering and shout amen. Number two is he says, those of you that will do and then understand, I will release 600,000 angels into your life. Now, it's strange in church to talk about angels. And you know why? Because the church talks more about demons than they do about angels. We kind of look at angels as being what you talk about in nursery or in Sunday school. 
Out here we talk about demons, but back there we talk about angels. But we need to reverse that. Because the Bible says we battle not with flesh and blood, but we do battle with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. So if we're not battling with flesh and blood and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are not of this world, we understand that we're in a war for the world, we're in a war for our home, we're in the war for our marriage, we're in the war for our prosperity. So if the weapons of our warfare are not of this world, let's find out what they are and let's use them so that we can win this war and be the people of miracles. Can I say amen? So now we understand that when the Bible says that angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation, what does that mean? Now, I want to ask you to turn in your Bible to the book of Daniel. We picture angels as these kind of feminine guys with kind of, kind of dresses on and foo-foo wings and stuff like that. But you got to understand that all through the first part of the Bible, the Hebrew Bible, angels were a major part of the victory that God brought in every area of people's lives. Angels led prophets to their wives. Angels defeated enemies. Angels brought blessing. Angels brought finances. Angels brought messages from God to prophets. Angels are mentioned all over. But when we get into, we get into the New Testament, it's kind of like, well, we don't need those anymore. Listen, there are still demons... But only one-third of the angels became fallen, but two-thirds of the angels became ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Somebody shout amen. Now, let me show you something. I'm going to connect two things that is going to bring us into a dimension of the supernatural we've never been before. There are angels, both good and bad, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We know the story, but I want you to read it. Daniel chapter 10, look at verse 10. Daniel's praying the king of Persia is, is uh, 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 defeating the children of God. Daniel's been praying, but he's not getting an answer. Then suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, Now, I want you to notice where it says he, that is not a capital H, so it's not the Lord. It is something supernatural that is not part of the Trinity. Are you with me? If it was God or Jesus, it would be a capital H. And he touched me, which made me tremble in my knees and the palms of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. And stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Now look at me a second, because I want you to hear this, because where I'm going. This angel says to Daniel, I was sent to you. I was sent to you. Now watch this. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart 
to understanding. The first day you began to pray and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. And I, an angel, have come because of your words. Now watch this next part. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold Michael one of the archangels the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia now you I'm going to show you something to take us into this now time of supernatural Daniel the prophet is praying this angel comes and says I heard your prayers, or the Father heard your prayers the first day. But for three weeks, the demon angel over Persia held me back. God heard your prayer, and he sent me a messenger angel to bring you the answer to your prayer. Now look at me a second. Don't think of angels as these guys with wings. This is why in the New Testament, the Lord says, watch how you entertain strangers. Lest you entertain an angel unaware. You may be praying and God sends you an angel to bring you a message from God. God sends you an angel to bring. Don't think, don't think nursery rhymes. Think supernatural. Angels are met. Daniel was praying. God on the throne heard him. He spoke to his angel to bring Daniel the answer. But the fallen angels was holding that back for three weeks. So God brought Michael the archangel to partner with Daniel's angel and the principalities of heaven defeated the principalities of the air and brought the answer to Daniel's prayer oh somebody ought to shout amen now hold on I'm going to take you somewhere if we stop there that's good We need to understand that God will send angels to bring us answers to our prayers. But I'm going to go further. Are you with me? Now watch this. When when God says, if you'll do what I tell you to do, then I'll give you understanding and the truth you know shall set you free. He'll release 600,000 angels. Angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Angels may may look have wings. Angels may be white. They may be black. They may be brown. They may be old. They may be fat. They may be thin. You don't know how God is going to bring you that angel. But we do know there are more of God's messengers than there are of Satan's messengers. We're looking at debt. We're looking at divorce. We're looking at cancer. We're looking at racism. We're looking at alcoholism. We're looking at, and we think, man, how am I by myself going to do this? Even though by Jesus, I'm a child of God because you and I are not of this world. 
the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. Somebody shout amen. amen. Let me read something here to you. Hebrews 12, I'll just read it to you. Hebrews 12, it says, but you have come to Mount Zion. Say, I have come. come. Say it out loud. I have come. come. You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Now this, Hebrews 12, follows Hebrews 11, which is the faith chapter of all the Bible. By faith, Abraham, by faith, Noah, by faith, Enoch, by faith, by faith. And what is God saying here? When you, by faith, Abraham, Noah built an ark and it never rained. Abraham, old man, had a son, laid him on the altar. Moses, by faith, smote the waters and the waters parted. What God is saying is, if you've received Jesus, you are heirs to this covenant promise, and you are not in this by yourself, but I have an an angels that you can't even number surrounding you, and they are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Somebody say amen. Before you were born, God met with your angel and planned your destiny. That's why when Daniel was praying, his angel came from heaven with a message. But the enemy was stronger than him, so Michael, the archangel, came and partnered with him. Now, I won't get into all the teachings and read all the teachings, but before you were born, our heavenly father sat with your angels and discussed your future. That's why Jesus said, watch how you even treat children. For their angels have the face of my father every moment of every day in heaven. Are you with me? Are are you starting to get this? Okay, it's going to get better though. Now watch this. Before you were born, God met with your angel. Say, I got an angel. Angels in the Bible, we, and, and I had a whole list of scriptures of what they've done. You know, they, they, they guarded it in a canyon. They brought this, they brought that. But here's what angels do. Angels protect. Angels bring healing. Angels bring blessing. Angels bring strength. Angels bring support. Angels bring guidance. Angels bring wisdom. Angels become messengers. Now, once again, this is why... We need to be careful how we treat people lest we entertain an angel without knowing it. We look around here, they're very possibly, maybe, I don't know, could be an angel sitting right next to you. An angel could walk up you tomorrow and give you a tip about a job over in another part of the city So you can double your income. The angels, your angels, my angels surround the throne of God 24-7. Now, why is that important? Now, Now, follow me here. Because they are hearing the wisdom of God 24-7. Say, my angel is hearing 
the wisdom of God every moment of every day. Okay, now, watch this. Your angels are surrounding the throne of God. The word angel in Hebrew means messenger, ambassador, or dispatched as a deputy. We've all seen cowboy movies where you got the sheriff, but then you got the deputy. In Hebrew, the word angel means a messenger. A messenger, as Daniel was praying, to bring you the answer to your prayer. They are around the throne of God. They're hearing the wisdom of God. And if we understand that they are messengers to bring us the wisdom of the kingdom, then we go into this chapter we're going to read right here. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he, being Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptizes with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when they'd come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you. Everybody shout me. Turn to your neighbor and say you. Turn to somebody else. Say you. Now watch this. This this. Listen, these are words of God. You shall receive power when they're already born again they already saw Jesus rise from the dead you shall receive power that word power is the word dudamos where we get the word dynamite you shall receive dynamite power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. This is the last thing Jesus ever said. The last thing he ever said. The last thing the Son of God ever said must be extremely important when he's leaving that with us. Jesus said, I command you, don't you leave this spot until you receive the Holy Ghost. They then said, Lord, when are you going to stab it? He said, no, you're not getting this. You're not hearing me. Don't worry about when the kingdom's going to come. But when you receive power, you're going to be an example of me. In Jerusalem, you're going to, don't worry about when you're going to get to the kingdom. But when you receive power, the kingdom is going to come in you. And wherever you go, they're going to see me. And when they see you, they're going to see the Father. Somebody shout amen. What is the Holy Spirit? Before I explain what the Holy Spirit is, let me say what the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not a carnival act. The Holy Spirit is not a gimmick. The Holy Spirit is not a show that we put on. The Holy Spirit is not something we do 
that looks ridiculous. The Holy Spirit is not fake. The Holy Spirit is not falling down and rolling around. Now, I'm not saying God won't knock you down. But the Holy Spirit is not to draw attention to the preacher. But the Holy Spirit is to draw attention to the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a man by the name of John Maxwell who called me several years ago. John Maxwell is long way from the Word of Faith camp. Long way from the Pentecostal camp. One of the greatest teachers and leader motivators in the world. And we're, but we're from two different camps, you know, in, in, the, in the religious world. My secretary comes and says, John Maxwell's on the phone, wants to talk to you. I said, you're kidding me, John Maxwell. I mean, this, this, guy's, this guy's one of the most famous speakers in the world. He gets on the phone. He said, Larry, he said, I want to meet you. And so I, we were living in Portland where it rains all the time. He was living in San Diego. So being the, the servant of God I am, I went to San Diego. And just, he's just the nicest guy. And he picked, him and his wife picked his and I up. We're going out to dinner. I'm, and I mean, I'm thinking, this is strange. And so he's kind of, you know, joking around and, and, and with me. And he goes, hey, uh, hey, Larry, do you know how many uh, uh, Pentecostals it takes to change a light bulb? And I said, no, how many? He said, six, one to hold the bulb and five to bind the darkness. And I think he was Nazarene or something, you know, and I said, John, you know, I said, I'm so envious of you being a Nazarene. I don't know. I can't remember what he is. He's not a Nazarene. He's a Wesleyan. And he says, why is that? And I said, I was reading in my Bible that you Wesleyans get raptured first. He said, really? I said, yeah, I was reading the dead in Christ shall rise first. So we're joking, you know, everything. And he says to me, he said, Larry, I've been following your ministry. And he said, I have never seen anybody get so many people saved and so many people set free. He said, how do you do it? I said, do you really want to know? And he said, absolutely. I said, John, we bind the darkness. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. He said, Larry, we want the Holy Spirit. We just don't want the carnival act that seems to go with it. There's a story in the Bible where King Solomon died. Solomon was full of wisdom, full of blessing. Solomon was full of riches, full of the favor of God. But after he died, another king came in. And because he did not seek the counsel of God, he lost the prosperity that Solomon had. He lost the wisdom that Solomon had. He lost the favor that Solomon had. And the sign to the enemies of Solomon's favor was the guards around the palace had shields of gold. When this king began to get foolish counseling and not the counseling of God, the enemies took him over. But to, to, but to fake it to the people, he, they, took the, they stole the shields of gold, which meant, which meant God was their protection. And they made shields of brass. And it looked like gold, but it wasn't the real thing. And the presence of God was not there. We need to make sure that when we're seeking the Holy Ghost, that we've got the shields of gold and not something fake that just kind of looks like it. The first question we get in the Holy Spirit is, don't we have the Holy Spirit the moment we get saved? And where that comes from is the Bible says, the Bible says that no man calls Jesus Lord 
but the Spirit draws him. So even before we're saved, there is a touch of the Holy Spirit on every one of us. When I was down in Columbia, South America, I had a ranch down there and I was smuggling drugs. And that night I overdosed with, with cocaine and I cried. I didn't know who God was, didn't know if there was a God, didn't know if there was a God. He didn't want anybody, anything to do with me. But I cried out and I said, God, don't let me die until I find what happiness is. There was a touch of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost brought me back to St. Louis. I found out there were federal warrants out for my arrest for drug smuggling. And the Holy Ghost told me to get up and leave town. I left town, went to Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm sitting on my porch smoking a joint, long hair, tattoos, earrings. And a young Hispanic man, three days in the law, old in the Lord, walked past me and finally came up to me and said, I've never done this before, but I couldn't leave until Jesus, until I told you Jesus is who you're looking for. There was a touch of the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't go to church with him. I didn't want to have anything to do with church, but he kept coming by, kept coming by. And so finally I went to this little church of about 30 people and they're showing a movie called The Gospel Road. And it, and it showed that Johnny Cash was singing the life of Jesus and it showed Jesus dying on the cross in Jerusalem. And then he was on a cross in the streets of LA. Then he was on the cross in the streets of New York. Then he was on a cross in the streets of Paris. And I'd never heard the Bible, never been in church knew nothing about Jesus Christ but the Holy Ghost said that's what you're looking for you need to give your life to him I didn't understand anything but the Holy Ghost was drawing me as a drug addict as a dope dealer God doesn't care who you are he says come unto me all you that are heavy laden and that's the power of the Holy Ghost somebody shout amen in Acts 19 Paul says to people Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now look at me. Don't, don't, don't get upset. I don't speak in tongues. Don't stay, stay 10 more minutes with me. Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? The disciples not only believed, saw the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus commanded them, don't you leave till you get the Holy Ghost. Paul's in Corinth. These are believers. And he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we never even heard that there was. And he baptized them. And the Holy Ghost came on them. And they began to prophesy and speak in other tongues. They didn't even know what it was. And God poured it on them. Can I have an amen? When I got saved, I got saved. But I still had a drug problem. A few weeks later, the folks that I was living with convinced me to go back to church. About The church was about as big as this section of pews. There was a man there by the name of John Metzler. And he calls these ladies out. Said, you've been to a doctor. Doctor said this. Doctor said that. They said, yeah. I've never been. I know, what, the, what is this? He laid hands on them. They fell down. I'm sitting right there and I'm going, well, he ought not do that to those ladies. I did not like it. It made me uncomfortable. People lifting their hands. 
I was proud. I was a hippie. I was, I was from the streets. I'm not lifting my hands for nobody. But God knew I needed it. So while everybody's praising God, you know, I look around. I'm sitting, I'm sitting, this, this, I'm sitting right here. This became my seat. Matter of fact, if I came to church and somebody's in my seat, they were not in the will of God. So I'm sitting in the seat and them ladies are laying over there. Everybody, I mean, he told them exactly what the doctor said in their, I'm not just, not just general. I mean, exactly. And I didn't like it. It wasn't me. I'm never coming back. This is ridiculous. But as they're all praising God, I could not deny what I felt. And I said, God, if this is you, you need to let me know. And while I'm doing this, all of a sudden I feel something on my hand. I look up and it's this evangelist. I mean, absolutely not what I wanted to be. Had cufflinks on, suit on, tie on. (laughs) Called me up and he stands me up in front of everybody. The pastor's standing behind me, going to catch me, you know. Now, I didn't know that. I just, I've never seen this before. And so he says, uh, you want everything God. You were just praying, weren't you? And I said, yeah. At first I thought, well, that's pretty good. Then I thought, well, my lips were probably moving. So I was either praying or singing a song. He said, you want everything that God has, don't you? You know what I said? I said, yeah, if it comes from God, not you. Lord, let him receive it and touch me. Folks, the pastor's standing right here. I flew Five, listen, you don't have to fall down. I don't want you to fall down. If God's going to knock you down, there ain't nobody can hold you up. I flew five aisles in the air, in the air, five aisles. My friends were all there. I thought I was floating. They said I shot back. And all of a sudden, he straddled me, and, and, I, and, I, and I can't get up, and, and my tongue's doing this funny noise, and, I, and I, don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. But it didn't matter what I wanted. God knew what I needed. And what's worse, he's straddling me, and my tongue's making this noise, and I'm trying to get up, and I can't get up. And I, I, I am so embarrassed, and I am so I am so humiliated, and I'm and then worst, you know. And then, and of course, all the old ladies are. Hold on, no, 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 no. I mean, oh my God, this is terrible. This is terrible. And then what's worse, they left me, and they're going on doing stuff, and I'm there. I can move my eyes. But I can't move in. And after about 15, 20 minutes, I could crawl. Don't tell me pride don't come before a fall. Don't tell me that. I crawled back to my seat. Now, I'd gotten saved weeks before. I was forgiven. I was on my way to heaven. But I was still doing cocaine and I was still smoking dope. But the next morning I got up. We lived in a hippie commune. I got up to roll my joint. How many know what a joint is? 
Shame on you. I got up to roll my joint. I began to light that thing. But I was still so high in the Holy Ghost. My body was rushing. There were no hangover. There was no fear of the police. And I threw that dope away. And I said, I don't ever need an artificial high again. I got a high that no man can buy. Somebody shout amen. But God knew that I needed to get delivered of heroin. And I needed to get delivered of cocaine. And Jesus told the disciples, I command you because when the Holy Ghost comes on you, there's a dynamite power that's going to change your life. And wherever you go, they're going to see the anointing of a living God, not a dead God, but a resurrected God. Somebody shout amen. Somebody say now we're going to become the people of miracles. If you believe it, give the Lord a clap offering. 1 Corinthians 13 says this. Now listen to me. Let me just read it to you. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, if I have not love, I'm a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Now, I want to emphasize on tongues of men. What I'm saying to you right now is tongues of men. What happened to me that day was tongues of angels. Now remember, angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Your angel, your angels are around the throne of God 24-7. They are hearing the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Daniel's praying, Lord, how do we defeat this enemy? They're bigger, they're stronger, they're mightier. And God gives Daniel, his angel, a message to bring Daniel and the children of God a victory. But as that angel is bringing the mystery from the throne of God to Daniel, the fallen angels stop him for three weeks. And then he calls on Michael the archangel and they defeat it and the answer to the mystery comes to Daniel. You and I have something better. Jesus said, I command you, don't you leave till the Holy Ghost comes upon you. It is tongues of men. Father, we need finances for the new building. Father, this person needs a healing. But there is a dimension that we can go into. And the angels of God, as we speak in the tongues of angels, the angels of God come to us and bring us wisdom, not of man, but of the mysteries of the throne of God. And we don't have to wait three weeks. We can have the answer right now. Now in the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout amen. Look at Romans chapter 8. Verse 26. You got it? Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
and our spirit is making intercession with the throne of God. God, we don't know how to get him off of drugs. We don't know how to get him to stop hanging around with the wrong people. But God knows the answer to everything. He gives the angel the answer. The angel, as we're praying, speaks to our spirit. And while he's speaking to our spirit, that angel is going and removing that problem from those kids' lives. And all of a sudden, they're not serving the devil. They're serving a living God. Somebody ought to shout amen. That's why the devil wants us just to have the Holy Ghost and fall. That's why the devil wants us to have the Holy Ghost and bark. That's why the devil wants us to have the Holy Ghost and be like a lamb. And have the shield of brass. When he's got the shield of gold. The power of God protecting our family. We don't need something fake. We need a dose of the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to shout amen. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak unto men, but unto God. For no one can understand him. However, in the spirit, he speaks the mysteries. But when we begin to pray in the spirit, God begins to put air back in our balloon. God begins to put blood back in our vessels. God begins to put faith. Why? Because there's, we, we, we can't figure it out. We don't understand it. There, there's no reasonable answer to this thing. But God can send a messenger just like he did in the Bible. God can bring an angel to speak through a donkey. God can bring an angel to take your child to the right wife. God can bring an angel to surround your enemy so you can walk in victory. God can bring an angel to bring water to the thirsty. God can bring an angel. There's no limit to how God will get the mysteries of the kingdom into your life, but he's going to get them because we're going to be the people of miracles. Somebody shout amen. But I know there are people here right now that the devil's confusing you and he's saying, well, I don't speak in tongues. I don't speak in tongues. Paul said, I speak in the understanding, and I speak in the spirit. He said, I sing in the understanding, and I sing in the spirit. Now listen to me. I know people that have never spoken in tongues that have a thousand times more filling of the Holy Ghost than somebody that's going around Shandala Bippi. I believe it's an advantage to speak in tongues. But here's what I've been preaching for 33 years. God gave this to me last night. Because there are people here that, well, there's something wrong with me. I don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons is, is because the devil has done a real good job to take the teaching of it out of the church. But when I, and I've never taught this right here. When Paul said, sing in the Spirit. God spoke to me and said, there are people in your church, they already have it, but they don't have the manifestation yet. So when you sing in the spirit, you know, when I pray, I, I sing when I pray. And God said, when, if you don't have the tongues yet, just sing in the spirit. Because God said, there's a groaning that can't be uttered. 
Okay, so you pray, you pray, God, I, we, here's the need, here's the need. But then you can, God said, release them in this. You can pray in the spirit. And God will begin to build you up and build you up. Don't ever let anybody, don't ever feel, well, there must be something wrong. I don't have, God didn't do that to me. God did that to me because he knew I wasn't going to make it one more day. Maybe you don't speak in tongues yet, but you can sing, you can hum in the spirit. And God will begin to fill you and intervene with you and begin to bless you. Can I have an amen? Listen to me. We can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't want the carnival act. Do you? I don't want the shields of brass. Do you? I want the real thing. I want the real thing. If we'll, if we'll seek God in these last days, he is going to pour out his spirit like never before. Can I have an amen? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Listen, listen to what it says. Speaking to one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for the things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you um, speak in tongues. I don't know if you do or not. But I do know that every one of us, when the team or the choir is leading us, we can sing a melody out of our heart that I know will connect to the angels that surround the throne of God and take us to a level we've never been before. Can I have an amen? Amen. Now, here's what I want us to do. The Bible says we are leaky vessels. Every day I say, God, refill me. This world, they they try to drain us. Folks, I pray that I did this with the wisdom that God gave me. We are moving into a time of people, of miracles, and that means you. Somebody say amen. Amen. I want all of us to get out of our seat and come down these aisles and stand around this altar. I very seldom do this. And here's what God told me to do. We're going to walk amongst you and just walk through you. Just walk through you and say, God, give us a double portion. In this room right now, there are millionaires waiting to happen. In this room right now, there are prophets waiting to happen. In this room right now, there are prophetesses waiting to happen. In this room, there are gifts of healing, gifts of deliverance, gifts of miracles. Do you believe that? In you, there are gifts that God is waiting to release. It's not popular to teach on the Holy Spirit anymore. If you don't speak in tongues, hum in the Spirit. And the mysteries of the kingdom are going to come around you. I didn't want it. But thank God I got it. And, I, and you have a right. Listen to me. If you are part of this church, if God has put Tiz and I as your covering, you have a right by God to a double portion of the anointing that is on us. And we're going to see that happen. The anointing has got to leave the pulpit and spread through the pews. 
and that's you. Amen. God's going to refill that leaky vessel. Amen. Let's just pray.